Welcome to episode 18 of the Fallen Out Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan, here with my co-host, Russ and Grant. Uh, how you guys doing tonight, boys? Oh, man, fantastic. What's up, Grant? Man, I, I've spent my Saturday over at Thompson Bowling Arena at the Food City Center, and I cannot complain after what I saw today. Absolutely, man. Uh, <laughs> it's good to get back on the winning side of things again, don't it, boys? It's exactly what you yeah. need out of the bunch. Uh, you know, and we'll dive into that shortly, but... It's well, I mean, great to be on the winning side. Well, think about it, too. You, you know, you mentioned getting back on the winning side. Looking ahead to this schedule we've got coming up before SEC play, boys, very winnable. Looks like we might go on a lengthy winning streak here. Well, if you don't, up. I'm going to be concerned. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, all right, boys. Well, tonight we're going to recap the uh, the Vols and Fighting Illini game. Uh, we're going to look ahead to Georgia State. Georgia Southern, excuse me. Georgia Southern. Yeah. My fault, boys. Don't Sorry. hey, don't bring up Georgia State. No, no, no I, Vols I, want that. Oh. I know that's a touchy subject there. Um, but uh, we're gonna look ahead to uh, Georgia Southern. And uh, what do you guys say we get started here, Russ? You got something right off the rip here, though. What you got? So I know we're about basketball tonight, boys. This is our basketball show, but we've had a couple of big things happen um, before we started recording tonight. Of course, anybody who follows sports, uh, Otani. You know, a renowned baseball player, pitcher, hitter, can do it all. Uh, widely considered the best baseball player right now in the world. Uh, there's been a big sweepstakes for him. Well, it turns out, me being a Blue Jays fan, looked like he might sign with us. Nope, ripped my heart out tonight. Ten, mi- or ten years, 700 mil with the Dodgers now. Man, 70 mil a year to go play baseball? That makes What am I doing with my life? Player. Oh man! I tell well, you. that passed up Patrick Mahomes' contract is the largest in professional sports history. Yes, that is uh, that's incredible. I mean, and and I, don't get me wrong. The other thing I'm going to mention here, it's going to hit harder with our listeners because we're all bigger college uh, football fans, I would say, than baseball fans. But uh, this is the biggest news of these two in my opinion, no doubt in my mind. This changes what the Dodgers can do for the next 10 years. Uh, they don't need to do much more. They've done beat the Braves plenty. Well, I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, this team consistently been competing for a World Series. They just added the best player in baseball. It's about to get nasty. You know, and I, I've got a lot of friends that are baseball guys. Um, I've always said I would rather take a shower with my dad than watch baseball personally. <laughs> oh. Just not my thing. Oh. But, uh, well, MLB. I, I like the ball baseball team. But, yes. you know, Shohei Otani, from what I've heard from a lot of people, may possibly be the greatest baseball player of all time with how he can pitch the ball as fast as he can. He can knock the ball out of the park. It's just unbelievable what the guy can do. And he is much must-watch TV if there's nothing else on for me. So here's the thing, boys. Y'all know who Babe Ruth is. Of course. Yeah. He is, he is the modern-day version of what Babe Ruth was in his time. And that's going back 100 years. Yes, that's how far it took us to have another Babe Ruth-like player. And Otani might be better than Babe. So what you're getting at, and, and it's true, is the boy is a generational talent. Dude, this guy is going to be talked about after me, you, and Grant are dead and gone. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, can he not pitch the ball left and right-handed? Yeah, he's very versatile. He can hit the ball from the left or right side of the batter's box. 
and he can pitch it left or right handed. <laughs> oh my that god! Tells, that tells you how how well versed I am in baseball. I had to and he's one of the best as far as infielders go when it comes to pitchers fielding. He's one of the best fielding pitchers in the league. That's, he he's a he's a phenomenal baseball player. But uh, Russ, you got something else for us, bud? Here's the big news for our listeners: Heisman race ended tonight, boys. Uh, we had four guys in it at the end. We had Bo Nix from Oregon. Hell of a season from him. Um, my favorite going into the night, because of the wins and the things that he had done for his team, Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. Uh, a guy who snuck onto this list late in the season, but deservingly so deserved to be here. We had Jaden Daniels on this list. And the fourth guy is escaping me right now. Was it Marvin Harrison Jr.? It was Marvin Harrison Jr. Why does that name escape me? The best receiver in football. Um, anyway, break it down. Long story short, Jaden Daniels, the guy who comes on late into this um, conversation, a lot of people pushed because of his stat line, uh, 3,812 yards passing, 40 touchdowns to four interceptions with a 95.7 QBR this year. You know, when you look at the stats that way, the dude definitely deserved to be Heisman. That boy well, has been surgical. Exactly, you know, and the, he didn't get a lot of talk about it until later in the season, but it's only because LSU was not a great football team. If he had a defense that was actually worth anything, this wouldn't have even been a question. He'd have run away with it. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I was on the I was on the uh, the Penix uh, train for a while. As was I. Yes. Um, I think I also say though, uh, since I have recently uh, started running the volunteer out Twitter, I see a bunch of o- butt hurt Ohio State fans over him not getting the Bolitnikoff Award last year. Um, well, you guys can thank that Alabama defense for that and Jalen Hyatt. How about that? Hey, yep. he just scored another touchdown against Word Alabama. Of number <laughs> six. He's up to a thousand yards in that game now. It, it, I mean, you know, if that game would have lasted five minutes longer, he would have had another touchdown and another hundred yards to go with it. That was just an unbelievable performance that Jalen Hyatt had last year against Alabama. What's the classic saying? Um, just his night. Just his night. And it sure was. It just sure was. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's the things I wanted to touch on early as we could here. I mean, Jaden Daniels winning the Heisman, though. That what is it? Brian Kelly's second season at LSU, and he's already got a Heisman winner down there. Man, that's that's impressive. And I also saw a stat too. He is only the second quarterback in LSU history to ever win that. Can anybody name the first? Oh, he it was it was back in the black and white days, buddy. Um, I can't remember the name for. Oh no, man. But it was in the, it was back, and if you said the name, I'd know it as soon as you said it. But I'm, I'm going to say it, and you're going to feel wrong after that. Are I was about to sound stupid. I was about to sound bad, but I think it's Jamarcus Russell. It was not Joseph Burrow. You know that Burrow. was so easy. Yeah, you're right. Good lord, it's kind of crazy. The, the talent that they've had behind center the past five years is unbelievable. Why would I say Jamarcus Russell over Joe Burrow? I'd have hit myself in the face. Before Burrow, they they'd only had one other Heisman winner. If I'm thinking right, that sounds right, but I do not know who that would be. Uh, we can find out. We but sure can. We're gonna, I'm gonna fire up the Google. It's worth the Google. And you it, know, Google machine. Speaking on Joe, Jaden Daniels is he had a fantastic season. 
I mean, these stats don't lie. Killer, killer, you know, killer stat line. Nothing compared to what Joe put on the table, brother. Boys, it was Billy Cannon in 1959. I knew it was. I knew it was a while back, but I, I, I bro, just slipped my mind. Does he play QB? Oh, uh, he. Okay, let's see here. With the last name Cannon, he better. I know he was not a quarterback, but I could not tell you what position because the staff that I saw when Jaden Daniels won that was put out by ESPN is that he was the second quarterback in LSU history to win that behind has Joe to, Burrow. Has yeah, to be a fullback. Billy Cannon was a running back. It's either a running back or a fullback. There were some fullbacks back in the day that used to win those Heisman. Absolutely. So, Army. I'm trying to remember the guy. He's notable, but like I think 1945, Army won it. Let me give you guys a, a quick rundown on him here. William Ab Cannon Sr., born August 2nd, 1937. He passed away May 20th, 2018. Uh, he was a, a halfback and tight end. Tight end. He played in the AFL and the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, he played his college ball as a halfback, return specialist, and safety for the LSU Tigers. Man, those guys, those old school guys playing both sides of the ball are scary. <laughs> he was, he yeah. was um, a unanim, unanimous All American. Helped the 1958 LSU team win a national championship, and uh, that was the year. Uh, uh, the next year, he won the Heisman. His punt return against Ole Miss on Halloween night in 1959 is considered by fans and sport writers to be one of the most famous plays in LSU sports history. Wow. You know, you know, talking about the old school guys for a second, I'm going to jump on this, too, for just a moment. We talk about how modernized sports is, and it is. It's modern as ever. You know, I mean, the athletes that step onto the field are ten times the athletes we saw in the 80s. But my thing is, what happens if you take one of those really good old school teams that play that old school mentality ball, some play Ironman ball on those teams, and put them up against one of these new age teams. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I think the new age team probably runs away with that old school team going to lay some nasty hits. <laughs> They're going to put out some hits, but I don't think they have a chance to win because guys are so much bigger and faster now. It's just unbelievable what, uh, you know, five generations of large family breeding has done for these yeah. athletes. Yeah. Well, you know, listen to this, though. This dude wasn't necessarily a hoss. He was six foot one, two hundred and seven pounds. Ooh, that's still bigger than I am. He's yeah. a hoss. Uh, oh man, that's the thing. I've never actually seen Grant until today. I seen his Twitter picture. Um, Grant, you don't look anything like I thought you would, man. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna be everybody, honest. Everybody, hit me up on the Twitter, Grant Will ninety four. Boom. Hashtag co-host of the Vol- Out Podcast. Hashtag Vaughn Out. Wearing that Lakers jersey. Kobe Bryant, my favorite oh, player of all time. So Even though I am a Grizzlies fan, Kobe Bryant. So is it just the Kobe part of it, or do you you just cheer for him, or is it you have an off cheer for the Lakers here? You like LeBron or what? Love LeBron. He's the greatest player right. to ever touch a basketball. Um, but my dad is a Lakers fan, and I will always support the Lakers, but – Grizzlies till I till I die now, man. After living out there as long as I did, I fell in love with the team and just really care about it. I'm a Celtics fan through family. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I know. <laughs> and I, I'm a degenerate gambler on the NBA through family. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So, I want to touch one more thing on this on this Billy Cannon cat, and then we'll start breaking down this this uh, victory we took today. Uh, he was the first pick in the 1961 draft or 1960 draft uh, in both the NFL and AFL. At the time, Ooh. AFL was still territorial. Um, he wow. played. He played for the Houston Oilers, Oakland Raiders, and Kansas City Chiefs. You know what that means? Since I live in Nashville, I'm going to have to go get one of his jerseys as a uh, Oilers one. Yes. There you go. We're going to do that. Balling out pod. It's going to go Oilers. Going Oilers. All right, boys. You guys ready to talk some basketball? I, hey, guys. I, you know I'm always ready to talk hoops. Oops. All right, boys. Well, I want to start off today's basketball segment by doing a This Day in Tennessee Basketball History. How does that sound to you, boys? Uh, Sounds great. Sprinkle a little bit of salt. Let's do it. Well, on today, December the 9th, the University of Tennessee took on Gonzaga University in the Jerry Colangelo Classic in Phoenix. Now, if anybody remembers this game from back in 2018, you might remember that Gonzaga was the ranked number one team in the country. The Volunteers were ranked number seven, went into this game and won by three points. Does anybody happen to want to take a guess at who the leading scorer in that game was? Admiral Schofield. He had 30 points. He went 12 of 22 from the field, six of 10 from three. That was his career high game. That was the Admiral Schofield legacy game. Now, anybody who knows me knows how much I love Admiral Schofield. I named my dog after him. So th- this right here was a little bit too sweet to pass up on for me. That's your boy, Grant. You got to do it, man. Hey, number five, man. All my, all my favorite players in Tennessee basketball history have worn number five. Chris Lofton, Admiral Schofield, Zakai Ziegler. The list can go on and on. Just love that number and what it's done for us. Five's the number, bro. Uh, and really, truly, that season, that was whenever we kind of were like, all right, we got something special with this ball team. Well, that was a team that was ranked number one for about a month and a half, if I want to say right. Went on a... 21 game win streak if i remember right and i'm going off the dome on that so you guys may need to correct me please don't send any mean tweets over but you know mean that, tweet it, we'll read it hey mean tweet it and we'll read it on the show <laughs> yeah <laughs> I like. oh but that right there guys that was one of the best games in tennessee basketball history for what it meant to the program you were up by one at half you only scored two more points than them in the second half and you won by three and it was on the back of Admiral Schofield. And in that game, Grant Williams, who fouled out. Yes. Your best player that you've had in the past 15 to 20 years in program history fouled out in that game. And you were still able to find a way to win it. Yes. Got her done. What, what a game. Yeah. Boys, how about we talk a little bit about uh, what, what we saw today from the Volunteers? Let's do it. Illinois. Well, boys, you know, that today was a – fully complete game by the volunteers. Um, you look at it, Tennessee won the game 86 to ni- uh, 79, um, number 17 versus number 20. And the game didn't really seem like it was in question at any point. Sure though, I, I, fighting Isla and I were ahead by two going into the half, but Dalton connect Santiago Vescovi, Josiah Jordan, James, all those guys played one hell of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you go over here and you look at the box score, just for example, all five starters scored in double figures today. Adu had 14. Connect had 21 to lead the volunteers. Ty mm-hmm. Ziegler had 11. Santiago mm-hmm. Vescovi had 12. Josiah Jordan James had 12. Yep. Yeah. This is what we have to see from this basketball team if we want to see them go anywhere. That what you did today, you shot 45% from the field, 33.3% from three. That number could go up a little bit more. But here's the big thing: your free throw numbers went up. Yes. You shot yeah. 26 of 34 from that, 76 and a half percent. Still not exactly where you want to be, but that's closer to it. Um, hashtag HYFT, man. That, that's all I'm going to say. Hit your free throws. Yes. Let's get it going. And that's what we need right here. But starting out the game, the volunteers were extremely hot. Um, yeah. It seemed like you could not miss to start the game. You went through a little bit of a lull to go into the second half, but it wasn't detrimental. It wasn't like the volunteers from last year where you would go 10 minutes without scoring a bucket. You know, you had four minutes this time and going four minutes is a hell of a lot better than 10. And that 10 last year would then turn into 20 minutes of the whole game. You couldn't even score. Yeah, Yeah. that that was one thing that last year, the runs, it wasn't like it was like we would only make, you know, one run, two runs, whatever. And they would always come up just a bit short. And then we, it seems like we would close out the half and then at the ga- end of the game, too, get s- somewhat sloppy or just slow it way down where it was like we couldn't hit water if we fell out of the boat. Well, absolutely. And it seems like this year that's been fixed. And I'm going to tell you exactly why it's fixed. There's a guy who wears number three that plays for the Vols. His name is Dalton Connect. I'm not sure yeah. if you've heard of him. But... Dalton Connect is the exact reason why we're not having those issues anymore. 21 points from him today. He shot 50% from the field, 5 of 7 from the free throw line. He was 2 of 5 from 3, which is about where you expect to see a player. Um, So I'm not going to critique that too much. But then you dive into what he did a little bit more, guys. Four rebounds. They were all on defense, but four rebounds. One assist, one steal, one block. He had four fouls in the game, which we need to get that number down because we need him to be able to be available and be on the floor. But this is what I'm going to say on that. That one scoring lull that we had in the game was when Dalton was sitting on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little worried about that. Well, he picked up two fouls, and that's why he had to go sit down. That's true, but here's the thing. If that happens in a big game, we have to have the next guy step up, which – Viscovi had a great game, and you touched on that. And and Josiah Jordan-James, as far as just an all-around game, he had the best game of anybody today. Um, he did a little bit of everything. With See, scoring, I'm gonna, rebounding, and assisting. I'm going to argue with you on this for a second, Russ, and let's debate it for a second. Santiago Vescovi, in my opinion, had the best game out of anybody on the floor today. The reason why I'm going to say that is he had 12 points. He ended up fouling out of the game, but it was in garbage time when he fouled out. It doesn't really matter. But he had three assists, nine rebounds. Six of those rebounds were on the defensive end. Three of them were on the offensive end. He also, on those assists right there that he had, and those three, there were some beautiful passes on that. I'll give you that. Yes, that's true. Those passes, like the one that he had, the last assist that he had, 
And I want to say that he threw that ball to Adu. Adu got two off of the lay-in. But he was driving deep into the basket and just without looking, just right behind his head, right into Adu's hands, boom, right into the basket. You know, we're I'll tell you exactly who that boys. was. Go ahead, Grant. I'm sorry. That was actually to Meshack on that Mayshack. last one right there. Yes. And talk about another guy who had a hell of a game, too. Nine points. He had four rebounds, three assists, zero turnovers. All that kid is playing good ball. Another thing to go past what he done stats-wise is he got more physical today than he has been getting. He got to the foul line a couple of times. That's what you got to get from Meshack. You got to get that kind of play. I agree. He hit five of his six free throws today. That's what you need from him. And also – he doesn't give you a whole lot on the offensive end, but he's on the floor for his defense, and he is yeah. the best defender on this team without question. He he's very athletic and very disciplined on defense. Like it's he's fun to watch, very fun to watch on the defensive end. Yeah, what was that point you had, Jordan? Um, yeah. Okay, so you know you were talking about how we went forty five percent from the field. Uh, we went twenty seven for sixty, and on twenty one of those twenty seven uh, buckets we hit. We had we assisted on on twenty one of those. We had twelve in the first half, so you know they share the ball really well, boys. Well, and to touch on those first half numbers right there as well, you ended the first half with twelve assists to Illinois three, twenty one rebounds to their twenty, so that was even. But then three steals to their one and two blocks to their one. Those assist numbers right there are the reason why you won this basketball yes. game today. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that you know, you look at the score. You look at the score column. On, on, you know, on, on the stat sheet, they when you have five guys that can score double figures like that, they don't have to be in a, you know, a, an amazing amount of uh, points for each guy. But when you've got that, that tells you right there you're sharing the ball well, and you're going to win more games than you're going to lose like that for sure. Well, I don't have the entire stat line wrote down for everybody, but. I've got three guys here on my list that those three guys being Josiah Jordan James, Viscovi, and Ziegler all had three or more assists in this game. They did. Uh, so I've got all the stats pulled up right in front of me right now. Uh, and we'll dive into that. So Ziegler had four assists, Viscovi had three, and Josiah Jordan James, or Triple J as I like to call him, had seven today. Seven of them, yeah. With. Only three turnovers. Solid ball, man. Solid, consistent ball right there. And it was a team effort today, too. It took every single man doing their job to the best of their ability. And this team is it has the potential to be so special. They could be the team who could cut down the nets in April, like I have came on here and said so many times, Mm -hmm. or the team could be a first-round exit because they get a bad matchup in the tournament. It is what it is when it comes to that, but I am so optimistic for what this team can do because, let's face it, you played a team today that was 7-1 and one going into this game. They came in to your home court right here, and you just, you, you just grabbed it and you said, this is our basketball game right here. And we're not going to let these fans go back home upset today. That's that's exactly mm-hmm. what they did. Yep, they, they went out there and took it. Um, speaking of which, this is an impressive stat, Grant. You kind of dropped this on me earlier, but now uh, we wore twenty five straight in Thompson Bowling against non conference teams. Yes, non conference. Yes, 
And, you know, that has your Georgia Southerns in there who we'll break down a little bit later in the pod today for you guys. It's got the teams like that. But there's also been a lot of really good non-conference teams that have came in. And once again, I'm going off the dome right here. So correct me if I'm wrong, guys, if anybody can think of anything else. But I'm willing to bet there has not been a non-conference loss since Memphis came into Thompson Bowling Arena back in 2019. That sounds about right because it's been a hot minute. Um, let's look. I would like I'm to put myself. I can't think of another one where that has been there. And you you look at what this team did today. I mean, let's dive into the numbers just a little I bit. I think deeper. every other non-conference loss that I'm thinking of came in tournaments that were at different sites that weren't at Thompson Bowling. Yeah. Well, you know, you look at what the team did defensively today, too. And we touched on this on the two shows we did last week. Uh, one of them with our good buddy Tyler Ivins from 99.1, the sports animal in Knoxville, uh, the flagship stadium for the balls. But we talked about Terrence Shannon Jr. with him. He only had 22 points today, which you want to see that number be a little bit less, but. I mean, the guy had 30-plus in the garden earlier this week. I don't know what else you can say about what our defense did. He shot 5 of 16 from the field, 1 of 6 from 3. Where he got his points today, boys, was from the line. He went 11 for 11 today. Yep. Well, the thing is, too, he got the calls, and Tennessee didn't. None of our players were getting the calls that Shannon Jr. was getting today. It's like every time the guy drove to the basket and somebody put a hand in his face – whether they touched him or not. Oh, that's a foul. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, here's the thing too. Officiating was questionable today at times, but the free throw discrepancy did end up equaling out to be almost identical on that today. Um, you look at what we did right here. Uh, free throws today. We shot 28. They shot 34. We hit 24. They hit 26. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Opposite around. We shot 34. Got 28. A lot of ours came in garbage time when they had to foul to try to keep the game going. I think before the fouls near the end, I think we were having, I think we had, before it started getting down to just garbage, I think we had like 22 attempts. Something like that. Sounds about right. Maybe 24. Don't quote me on it. It might be just a tad more than that, but it's not, it wasn't nowhere near 30. I can tell you that. No, and that number's only the way it is because of that, uh, yeah, because of the garbage time inflated. right there. Very inflated, which I'm encouraged. Like you said, we can get better than 75 and a half from, from, the, from the foul line, which check my note, 76 and a half, my bad. We can get better than that. We need to get better than that, but I'm encouraged with how good we shoot foul shots. Hashtag HYFT. HYFT. I think we're – I mean, I wouldn't say we're the best in the SEC because I don't think we are, but we have to be in the top three. You know, I I don't know. Um, 76.5% today, um, that's probably our high mark on the season this year, I'd be willing to bet. Um, but, you know, you look at what the team did today. 21 assists to Illinois' nine. Six steals to their five. Three blocks to their two. Total turnovers ended at nine for both teams, so that was great. Um, the Fighting Island and I got 16 points off of those turnovers where the Volunteers only came up with 11. But, 
you look at what we did right there today, guys. That was a full team effort, and it was the best team basketball we played all season long. It was. I agree with that. No doubt, because and we had to have it against this team because and it's encouraging to see it against this team, too, because this is going to be the norm that you see stepping into SEC play. You're going to get these kind of teams every night when you get into tournament play. You're going to get these kind of teams every time you step on the court. So it was good to do what we did today in the way that we did it. But I'm still worried. I mean, the very end of this game, the press defense had me worried. I'm worried about us letting a guy like Terrence Shannon Jr. go off, which, yeah, 5 of 16 is not a lot, but 11 of 11 from the line is nasty. Uh, boys, I didn't mean to go quiet on you there, but uh, Grant, you were uh, spot on with your guests, sir. I remember being at that game that day, so – that was a uh, that was a disappointing one. Uh, that was back when I actually resided in Memphis, and I made the trip out to Knoxville for that game, and was very upset whenever I got back to work on Monday. That's all I'll have to say about that. In the words of Forrest Gump, and that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, but uh, you know, guys, what the team did today was unreal. But I do want to touch on this with you guys for a second. Um, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, I was in attendance today over at Thompson Bowling Arena at the Food City Center. Um, maximum capacity, we had the full 21,678 in attendance today, Boom. and that place was rocking. Um, I know you guys got to watch on TV. Um, I know you listened to a tad bit of it on the radio, Jordan, but mm -hmm. was the crowd noise as loud on those platforms as it's as I think it was. Oh, buddy, it was it was rocking and rolling. There's a time or two Bob and Bert had to, had to had to almost scream in the uh, scream at it. So Man. we went on that run late, Grant. You know that kind of sealed the deal for us. Um, when when Ohio when <laughs> Ohio State when Illinois decided to take the timeout and the crowd erupted, you couldn't hear nothing on the TV besides the crowd. Well, you know, the crowd today was one of the best ones I've seen in a long time inside of there. But I also say that every single time that I go inside of TBA for one of these big games. Well, it's refreshing to see a sellout, too, on a Saturday on a Saturday noon game like this. But it, like you said, it's a huge game for us right here. This is our last big non-conference game. Yeah, you know, we we do have North Carolina State uh, a week from today in San Antonio, Texas. Yes. But that team is not anywhere close as good as this Illinois team is. That's they don't have a guy that also is like Shannon Jr. either. Yeah, well, he, he's a grown man out there playing ball. That kid is going to have a bright future playing professional basketball. I 100% agree. That's uh that that NC State game, boys. That's one. It, it's not going to help. <clears throat> excuse me. It's not going to help us if we win, but it's going to hurt us if we lose come tournament time. I yeah. agree. Um, but you know, today you get another quad one win. You yes. can put that and parlay it in with the other ones that you have. It's your first win against a ranked team this year, which is really big on that. But. It, I am cautiously optimistic from what I've seen from this team. I do know it's Tennessee basketball. Rick Barnes is still the coach, and it could be early exit Rick, or Rick could be getting some hardware this year. 
there's no in between with this bunch. Yeah, absolutely. It just comes down to who's playing good ball in March. Absolutely. And one other thing I want to touch on too that I thought was pretty cool that the university did today for the game environment. Um, they brought out a soldier's family to the court today and uh, he recorded a video saying, Hey, I miss you guys. You know, I hope to see y'all soon. Well, then he ran out from the tunnel and surprised his family on the floor. I saw that. That was stuff awesome. like that. It, you know, it, it gives you chills and everybody was so excited. But then right after that, the team went on another run right after that, ca- that timeout. Yes. Yes. It's just, man, it's just, uh, that's one thing about Tennessee sports. It don't matter what it is. It's always a a crazy good environment. And just, I mean, if something good happens at halftime like like that, the crowd feeds off of it, the team feeds off of it. It goes to tell you what kind of people we have around here. Well, we've got great people that are involved in this athletic department. You know, Danny White knows how to do it. Yes. 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 You know what, boys? I mean, I think that since we are volunteer-based, a podcast, and and I I plan on doing this for a long time with you fellas, um, I think we ought to start doing our own Hall of Fame here on the show, where we, each one of us, nominate a volunteer at the end of each year to go into our Hall of Fame. I'm down with that. I'd be good with that. I am down with that. How about we do that at uh, the beginning, uh, the end of the year this year for football, and then we'll do it in March for basketball. Yeah. Yes. End of each season, we'll add one, and we'll put them in the hashtag Ballin' Out Hall of Fame. That's right. That'll work. That's right. My- well, boys, we've touched on Illinois, um, but Russ, I kind of want to turn this over to you. How about you tell us a little bit about recruiting? We've not had a chance to touch on that since we've been doing the pod. So the recruiting trail right now for basketball is really just getting started. I mean, obviously, it's been going on for seasons. You've been going after these kids for years, but the 2024 class is just really starting to rear its head out. Uh, we got our first commit this week, uh, Bishop Boswell, four-star guard out of Myers Park High School in Charlotte, uh, 6'4", 195. This kid looks shocked. Um, through four games this season, 15.8 points a game, five boards, five-and-a-half assists, one-and-a-half one steals, and uh, only four turnovers a game. Boys, he plays lead guard for his team. That's, out of that's, Myers Park. Yeah, he's he's gonna be money. Uh, he committed he committed to us over Georgia, Missouri, Wake Forest, and Xavier. That, I mean, those, those are, are some good some teams. Really solid schools. Well, you know, his last visit for the uh, for anything was on September eighth, and he came to Tennessee, and he's been a longtime commit. He just signed this past week. Um, yeah, number 77 player in the country, four star combo guard out of Myers Park High School in Charlotte, North Carolina. This is a guy who you need on this team. Looks like he can be able to play the point guard position and be able to do it very, very well and could possibly be the guy to take over from Zakai Ziegler after he's done. You know, he's a junior this year, so we've only got a year and a half left to Ziggy. And then after that. 
it could be Bishop Boswell running the point at that point. Well, yep. you know, you think about it too. He's six four. The frame that this kid's got is longer than the things we've been than the the guys we've been used to running out there in those guard spots the last few seasons. Oh yeah. He, he's going to be able to – it sounds like he'd be able to play a couple different spots for us, that, and that's big. That's big. Well, well I you think, about, you think about this right here too, guys. All the guys that Rick Barnes has had at point guard since he's been at Tennessee, Jordan Bone, six-footer, Lamonte yep. Turner, there's no way he was even six-foot. Kennedy nope. Chandler, six-footer. I mean, Zakai Ziegler, every bit of – Five eight, five nine. Yeah, that's five, what they got him listed at. And yeah. I've met him in person before. I'm five foot nine. That's what my driver's license says, and I'm taller than him. So, <laughs> you know, that, that this could be what we need. A bigger guard is always going to be a huge help in college basketball. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They uh, guard play matters. I mean, it doesn't matter what level you're on, as long as your guards are playing good, you got a good shot at it, and. And it seems like that's one spot, too, that uh, Barnes is really, really good at developing. 6'4", averaging one and a half steals? Usually your shorter guys, your guys who are smaller, lower center of gravity, are the guys pulling those steals out, picking your pocket. You know, Zakai Ziegler today, a couple of those himself. But that guy being 6'4", and pulling one and a half steals a game is nasty. Yes. Oh, yeah. Without question. Um, you know, we, we, we've we got a bright future on Rocky Top for basketball. That's all I'm going to say right here, boys. Thanks, Rev, Rick. Appreciate it. Rick, stick around a little bit longer, man. Yes, I absolutely. love it. I absolutely love him. I think, I think all of us do. You know, I get frustrated with Rick just like everybody else does. There's times where I'm like, man, is he really into this anymore? He's 69 years old. Does he really want to do this? But he goes out there. He gets these kids. He's still coaching the team. He's still working with them. They're getting better every single game. He's he's kind of like Nick Saban when it comes to when it comes to basketball. I don't think he's going to quit coaching until he, until he's dead. Hey, that's our blessing. Absolutely, absolutely. That is our blessing right That's there. That's going to be a sad day, though. Let's not think about that, boy. No. Yeah, hopefully we got about another 10 years of Rick hopefully Barnes. we got another 100 us. years of Ricky Barnes. Can Richard we, can Dale we get, Barnes. Can we, get, can we get him a monkey heart or something? Maybe try to, you know, boost his lifespan, uh, Will Ferrell <laughs> style, you know. I'm going to put a pig heart in me. <laughs> Hold up. His, his middle name's Dale? Richard Dale Barnes. Man, that I, don't is, know, I don't know a, a Dale in the world that ain't a badass. Mr. Barnes right there. You know, doing he can do anything for Richard, us. Doing it for Mr. Richard Dale Barnes. Richard Dale. Richard Dale. <laughs> Richard Dale. <laughs> Dale. We're going to start calling him that on the pod. Richie Dale. Richie Dale. Dale. Richie Dale. Dale. Or Dick Dale. <laughs> Big Dale. There we go. Well, boys, let's take a look around the SEC before we dive into the next Tennessee opponent right here. Um, Hell yeah. But I want to touch on some scores real quick with what we saw today in the SEC. Um, so games of interest, uh, Mississippi State down Tulane, 106 to 76. Not really much there. Um, Kentucky won over Pennsylvania University by 15, 81, 66. South Carolina had a little bit of a struggle win today over East Carolina, 
68-62, but South Carolina's garbage. Let's just be realistic. They yeah. are not yeah. going to be good anytime soon. No. Um, now, the, if we're talking women's college ball, oh, whole different story. Major sto- different story right there. But unfortunately, <laughs> the men over there, they, they don't even know how to dribble a basketball half the time, I swear. They need to change the coaches up. I bet that girl could win in the men's side of things, too. <laughs> Don Staley's a <laughs> hell of a Staley. coach. Yeah, she's amazing, bro. <laughs> she is unbelievable. Um, big game right here in the SEC. Uh, Alabama did lose to Purdue today, 92-86. But, guys, Purdue's the number four team in the country. Alabama's not even ranked. And that's what worked me. And we talked about this the other night with Tyler Ivins, too. Nate Oates is one of the best coaches he, in all of college basketball. He really is. He, he, you know what? Um, you know how many points Edie had to have today for them to win. The Zach Edie had thirty five. Thirty five points. But Mark for Spears for Alabama had thirty five. Yeah. Good Alabama. Lord. Alabama really come out and and did everything they could do to win this game. They're not as good of a team as Purdue. Plain and simple. I don't know of a team in the country that's looked as good as Purdue this far in. Well. It's it's like this, man. Good teams find a way to win, and Purdue's a good team. I'm sure they they faced some adversity in that game. I didn't get to watch any of it because I spent most of my day at the gym myself. But I'm just just if I had to take an educated guess, I would say that's been that's been a tight game throughout, and Purdue's had to come up with something and and get it done. Good teams just find a way to win. It's the they talent, do. man. It's the talent. It showed up at the end of that game. They absolutely do, you know, and I do want to I want to touch on this with you for just a second before I jump on to the next game, Russ. You said Purdue might be the best team in the country. I think Arizona is going to be calling you and saying they got something to say about that. Yeah, Arizona is good. I'll give you that, Grant. That's fair. And Kansas, man, they look good still. They look great. And they so, had a great game today. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys got to watch it. And I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll touch on this one and jump back into the order. But number two, Kansas over Missouri today by nine points, 73-64. I got to watch all the second half of that game. Boys, let's talk about a great basketball game right there. Yeah, it was good. Um, Honestly, I got to see bits and pieces of this one. But, dude, every time I watch Kansas play this year, they look like a Final Four team. Oh, well, they absolutely are a Final Four team. Getting Dickinson from Michigan, that was a big get. Oh, he is uh, – I mean, it, it, them taking – Michigan getting getting him out the door and taking in Olivier Kamwa was a major downgrade. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which we still love Olivier in Knoxville, but wish you were still here, bud. But since you're not, we don't care. Right. So jumping back into a little bit more SEC play right here, guys. Uh, Kansas State won by 15 over LSU. Auburn downed Indiana. I mean, absolutely killed them. 104 to 76. They were all over them, buddy. Yeah, that was a rough one right there for uh, the Hoosiers right there. But, you know, you're not in the SEC. SEC is just better than the Big Ten. I don't know what else to say about that. That's it. Um. Oklahoma, future SEC school right there, uh, ranked number 19 in the country, beat Arkansas today by nine points. And uh, to close it out, um, in the AutoNation Orange Bowl Classic today, uh, the Florida Gators beat 
the uh, Richmond Spiders by a score of 87 to 76. Um, so that is your update on SEC hoops for the week. I'm going to tell you right now, boys, I like our chances against the, against the SEC this year. I do too. Absolutely. We're going to have the normal players. I mean, and we're going to take a couple. We might take a couple to the chin that we don't want to take, but I, for the most part, I, I'm, I'm like, I, I agree with that. I, I like our chances. Arkansas, Arkansas stands out, but that might be the, Auburn too. Auburn's got Auburn's got it just because Bruce. But besides those two, maybe Bama. I can't. You can't leave out Kentucky. I'm going to leave out Kentucky. <laughs> I'm going to say this. That's the best rivalry game in SEC basketball. Tennessee-Kentucky yes. every single year goes down to the wire typically. Now, in the past, there's been some really bad games. But since Rick Barnes or Richard Dale Barnes, we want to call him that. Rick Dale. Rick Dale, he's, since he's been in Knoxville, he's got a winning record against those cats north of the border. Yes, yes. He's got, uh, it's like a he's – one or two games over 500 on them. Yeah. And you know, in Knoxville, if you can do that, you're going to have a job until the day you don't want it anymore. That's it. So, oh, and you know something else, boys? Hashtag back to the coal mines. Hashtag back to the coal mines. But please don't tell me that bad enough I'm up there for work this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, boys, how about we uh, dive into the Georgia Southern Eagles a tad bit right here? Yeah. Let's do it. I, I kind of looked them up earlier a little bit here. Uh, matchup predictors give giving us uh, a 98.6% shot to win. Uh, that's all but a sure thing right there, boys. But you know, yeah, well, step on the court for a reason. Well, the go- uh, the Eagles, man, they haven't won a game all year. This is going to be probably the worst team you play all year. Yeah, and I don't want to say that lightly, but you look at it right here. They're averaging 70 points a game um, in all losses, but you look at who they've played in their past five. Michigan State, Northeastern, I don't even know who that is, uh, <laughs> Eastern Carolina, Kennesaw State, and it looks like Jacksonville University. And they've lost every single one of these games. Um, they also have wow. not been active since the second of this month, so that may have a little bit to do with it, but – they're averaging 70 points a game. Uh, they're allowing 85 points a game. Um, the volunteers should be able to find their way into triple digits on this one. I was going to say, I bet we hit we hit 100. If not, we're dang close. Yeah, we, you better yeah. you better drop a 100-burger on them. If you don't, I'm going to be a little bit concerned when it comes to Who that. Who the hell is Jacksonville University? Man, they, they won <laughs> by two points. That's all I know. <laughs> I've never heard of that team. Like, this is my first time hearing of Jacksonville University. I've heard of Jacksonville State. Yeah. And, That's it. And, you know, Georgia Southern is not a good team. Um, their leading score is only getting you 12.1 per, points per game. His name is Tyron Moore. Um, he is a senior guard from Louisville, Kentucky. He stands at 5'11", uh, weighs 185. Um, he gets you two assists a game. Uh, about two rebounds a game, and he's shooting 48.5% from the field, so really good numbers uh, shooting from the field, but doesn't look like he really takes his shot, if that makes sense. He he tries Fair. to play like a true point guard, it sounds like. He looks to distribute first. 
Terrence Shannon Jr. was having a really good, you know, run from the field coming into the day too. And uh, Kyle Ziegler said, no, nah, not happening. That's what's going to happen in this game to that feller. So he's he better be worried. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, their leading rebounder in the game, his name is Avante Parker. He is a freshman from Columbia, South Carolina. He stands at 6'9", weighs 212. Um, he's going to get them six six point four points per game, five rebounds a game, and a little bit under one assist per game. Not this is not a good basketball team, guys. No. Um, Aiden's going to eat that kid's lunch. <laughs> if he doesn't, I'm going to be concerned. Um, well, yeah. I was looking too, and I mean they they average thirty rebounds a game. That's that's kind of, that's kind of pedestrian. Yeah, I tell you who I look to have a big game in this game, boys. Besides the normal guys like Connect, Viscobi, Jordan James, um, Awaka. I think Awaka gets going offensively in this game just because the shot will be there, man. It better be there. Um, you know that's that, and I, I want to play this game with you guys. So start bench cut right here. Who's going to be the leading scorer for Tennessee on Tuesday night at seven o'clock um, on an, on the SEC Network? I want to I want to say uh, Dalton Connect, Santiago Vescovi, or Triple J. Start bench cut. Give it to me, boys. Ooh, start bench cut. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna say Vescovi uses this as his get right game. So I'm gonna start him. Dalton needs Dalton needs rest. Let's bench him. Cut. Ah, oh, man, that's tough, dude. I'm a, but I'm gonna say cut JJ Triple J. Russ. Um. You know, man, it's been DK's show all year. Uh, it's got to go DK. Uh, Viscovi, Viscovi, he's our next guy up, man. He's got to be the secondary guy. But uh, notable other guy for me is Awaka in this one. I think he's got a real good shot. <laughs> Start. Uh, so I'm going to go a completely different way than you guys did right here. I am going to start trips. Then I'm going to go to Vescovy. Then I'm going to go to Dalton Connect. I think that this is a game where Dalton Connect isn't really going to be needed a whole lot. He's not going right. to have to carry the offensive weight for us. Let him get a little bit of rest. Don't really want to see him play much more than about 25 minutes in this game. So mm -hmm. we can make sure that that ankle is ready to go. He didn't look bad yeah. today. Didn't look slow at all. But no, if you guys have ever had a high ankle sprain, and I They're have, hard to get over. it yeah. is miserable. I mean, the one time I had one, it took me probably about three weeks to get over it. Well, that's yeah. the thing, and, and and you're not even that. You're not an athlete. None of us are athletes, Grant. To the point where we play, you know, ball on this level. And that's the thing. You want to be at 100%. And even after the three weeks, you probably weren't completely 100%. You couldn't go out there and make cuts on a on a ball court. Oh, hell no. <laughs> so that, that it's a six-week injury, you know, minimum. For, for NFL players, notably, it's a six- to eight-week injury. Um, I know because I'm dealing with a high ankle sprain on my fantasy team right now with Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson. So – That'll yeah. do it right it's, there. Um, it's a done deal. <laughs> you know, Dalton, I think it's time for him to take a back seat. Let Trips go be the leading scorer. Santi, continue to be on the get-right path, which he Please. was the player of the game today, if you ask me. He was the guy who drove the boat. He was the captain of the ship today for us just by getting everybody else involved, by making the hustle plays. 
but it's Josiah's turn to be the guy. And what's so great about this Tennessee basketball team is you have multiple guys who could go out there and be the leading scorer. Dalton, obviously, Santi, Josiah, you've got Jonas Adu, you've got Zakai Ziegler, you got Jordan Ganey coming up off the bench. You've got Freddie Dillion, who didn't even see the floor today, but I mean, hell, he's a great player right there. You've got a F- lot of really good guys who can go out there and get the buck get the ball in the bucket. We could we could feasibly go ten deep. If Easily. We, if we absolutely had yeah, to easy. We absolutely had to. And we honestly could probably pull eleven. See, how many did we play today? I'm looking this. We only played eight guys today. Uh, your starters were Jonas Adu, Dalton Connect, Zakai Ziegler, Santiago Vescovi, and Josiah Jordan-James. Tobey Awaka came up off the bench, played 15 minutes. Jordan Ganey played 17, and Jemiah Meshack played 15. Uh, see, to me, that that's good, though, because uh, you've got your role players out here. And to me, the guys that come off the bench, those are your solid role players. You usually yeah. have one in your starting lineup, but – you know, the guys that come off the bench, those are the guys that you got to have quality minutes out of, and they and, and them do their job for what time they're in there, and that's what they did today. Absolutely. You know, th- this team, like I said earlier in the pod, this team can be special this year. It's how far can they go and how can they get those lucky bounces. But today was one of those that makes you believe – you got another game to get right on Tuesday. You go play NC State, which is not really much of a test for you. You shouldn't lose another game until January at the earliest. Yes. Um, and I want to say, too, one thing that I liked about seeing Vescovy get going today. Hopefully he'll build off this. He, As much as the team needed that needed him to get have a good game, he needed a good game himself to get his confidence back. And he got that today. Well, he absolutely did. You know, breaking down his stats in 30 minutes, four of seven from the field, two of five from the uh, three-point line, two of three from the free throw line, three offensive rebounds, six defensive rebounds, three assists, which were three of the best passes I have seen anybody make in college basketball in a long time. You know something, Grant, too, not to interrupt you there, but he should have went four for five from the three. He had two really solid looks in the first half that didn't fall. Oh, absolutely, and he hit that one that I don't know how he hit it from the corner where he's fading out of bounds, but yeah, whoo, man, that guy is back. That's the kind of shot you got to have from Vescovi, though, because those change the whole dynamic of the game. Absolutely, absolutely. You drain one in somebody's grill like that, it makes that guy start wondering, well, what do I have to do to stop this guy from scoring? Well, you can't stop him. You just got to hope he doesn't hit that many of them. He's nasty, and we need this. We need more of this from this. He's he's feasibly, feasibly, I should say. Sorry, should have had four from five from the three. Should have had eighteen points in this game. I agree. He should have, but you know, it is what it is. I'll take the twelve points from him, which is right around where he's sitting at for his career, anyways, on his average. And hopefully, we can build off of this and. Take it to those Eagles on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. Yes. Miss them now. Make them later. Absolutely. That's it. That's it, boys. So, boys, I think we've about hashed out everything we can hash out tonight. What do y'all think? I agree with that. Well, hey, guys, real quick, I want to ask you all this uh, so our listeners can be able to find you. Jordan, 
where can they find you on social media? Buddy, um, I'm I'm on the Vaughn Out Twitter page. We've got our Twitter up uh, up and going. It's now X. Um, if you guys want to friend me on Facebook, you can uh, send a friend request to uh, Jordan VFL Mountcastle. Um, I'll be happy to accept it. Um, I'm on there. Don't have Instagram. Probably going to work on that. You know, in the coming weeks. But uh, definitely follow us on Twitter and holler at me on Facebook. I I, I enjoy talking basketball, sports, whatever. Just be glad to uh, talk with anybody. Absolutely. Russ, what about you? Uh, man, my Twitter handle is at, at RussellBride10. Hit me up on there with any ideas you guys want to hear on the show. If you want to hear more things from us, got any creative criticism, uh, follow us, follow our new Twitter page at Ballin' Out Pod. You know, me, Jordan, and Grant all are on there with a little bit of shenanigans from all of us's brains. So, um, and man, good show tonight, boys. Absolutely, guys. Make sure you follow us all on social media. Mine is grant.will94. Uh, Facebook is Grant Williams, and I am the original Grant Williams, not the fake guy who plays for the Mavericks. Um, Boom. Then uh, follow us at uh, Instagram and Twitter at Volin Out Pod, and our Facebook page is that. Um, and we'll be sending out the show very shortly to you guys. Absolutely, and uh, don't forget to uh, like, rate, and subscribe to us wherever you get your plat- wherever you get your podcasts at. Uh, we're on all the major platforms now. Apple uh, just got put on Google, uh, Overcast, iHeart, Pocket Cast, CastBox, and uh, Radio Public. So we're nice. big things coming out out of Volling Out, boys. And if you go to our, go to any of our social media pages, uh, the link tree uh, for that is on there. We'll be glad to have you, and we appreciate you guys listening to us every week. Absolutely. We appreciate you guys. Like, rate, and subscribe, and we will talk to you all soon. Have a good one, fellas. Peace out, fellas. See y'all. See y'all.